0: I did not have a background in climate change. I went to NC State and started taking climate change courses. I flew to a conference to learn about it. I just knew I wanted to spend my life doing this work. And I've used my skills and transitioned them to make myself useful in this sector. And I think if that's true for me, it can be true for absolutely anybody.
1: And that was Helen Bertelli, and this is Climate Tech Talks. Hey, hi. Welcome again to the Climate Tech Talks, I'm your host, Daniel Arraiz. Today we had an interesting conversation with Helen Bertelli, CEO of Benicombs and co-founder of Women in Climate Tech. We discussed about how closing the gender gap is also part of the solutions for fighting climate change, and the importance of empowering women in the sector. Additionally. We learned how she managed to transition her marketing and PR career to a more meaningful, aligned venture by working with clients like the Climate Service. And lastly, we reviewed women in climate tech growing community and plans for the future. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Climate Tech Talks podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. And today we are together with a very interesting guest. We are with Helen Bertelli. She's the co-founder of Women in Climate Tech and the CEO of Benicom. Welcome, Helen.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Helen, could you walk us through a bit of your background and how you came up to found Women in Climate Tech?
0: Yes, of course. So I have a long history of marketing and PR in complex B2B professional services clients mostly. And through my career, I had had some access to solar power and renewable energy and carbon trading projects. And I just always loved that work and I was always fascinated by it, but never really focused my career on it. And really, several years ago, I, I thought to myself, I, you know, I, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a change. I wanted to make on cl- work on climate change, um, and I did not know if there was going to be anybody who would pay me to do the work. But I just knew it was. I, I had had talents. I had experience. I wasn't a climate scientist, but I wanted to find a way to make a difference. Um, so I flew on spec to a conference of uh, climate change officers. Um, just to go to some sessions to start learning to start meeting people and what I found was this incredible community very nascent and very small um, but incredible and very generous with their time and I felt wow I'm in the right place finally now I'm I've made it this this is what I want to spend the rest of my life doing and um, soon thereafter I um, had had formed Bennycoms at my PR and marketing firm and I started picking up clients in the space, one of whom was doing a lot of work on the TCFD, the Task Force for Climate-Related Disclosure Framework. Um, that is, you know, supported by governments now around the globe, as well as institutional investors, large corporations, and so on. And um, so we started work on that quite early on, you know, several years before anybody really in the U.S., knew all that much about. So so it's wonderful. It's positioned us well in the space and um, it's wonderful work. And essentially what it tries to do is what the platform does and, and what our client does is, is try to put a, a price on climate change for, for corporations and for the business community. And in many ways, that's somewhat of the missing piece. Environmentalists have been obviously lobbying for decades on this issue scientists have as well and now finally if you can start really measuring climate risk then you can you can engage with the business community in a way that's meaningful change within the business community so we're really focused on b2b communications work in the climate space last year um along with this client the climate service we founded we co-founded women in climate tech because we saw a need for elevating women's voices in this space Um, and fundamentally i think the the point that that drives us is that if we're going to solve the biggest problem of our time we just can't do it with the same paradigms that got us here
1: totally yes yes i myself coming from the oil and gas industry and I know that in that sector there is a huge gender gap, like 10% of women are working on our part of the workforce and that's something to be changed.
0: Yeah, and it's going to take all of us, you know, we need diversity of voice, we need diversity of experience. Um, it's just too big of a problem to be solved by just one group of people or by one way of doing things. So. So we have to start doing business differently, and we have to start thinking differently, and learn new skills. We were talking about that a few minutes ago, weren't we? Reskilling and learning new skills from one industry to another certainly going to be a boom in jobs. Um, already, it's already starting. Companies can't find enough talent in this space, enough people that know about climate work, and so finding ways to reskill is is going to be key, I think, to the future.
1: Yeah. And what can women expect to be a member from Women in Climate Tech?
0: All we request you do is go on our website, org, and um, submit an application. Um, and then we just, we just check the application and make sure people are who they say they are. And there's no cost to enter. And then once we've checked through the application, then you're in... And what, what we're particularly looking for is people who are already working in climate or who are interested in retraining into into climate. And, yeah, we have monthly events. We have a newsletter. Um, we have a Slack channel where people share jobs and other resources and a LinkedIn uh, group as well. So, so yeah, it's a busy group and it's growing. We get new members almost every day.
1: Awesome. How many, how, how big is the group right now?
0: Well, we just launched, I guess, what was it? Um, I want to say early february we're up to i think close to 500 subscribers and about 300 members so we do have some journalists and others who subscribe to our newsletter but aren't actually members and that's fine too
1: but that's a big number to be to be just founded right you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> awesome i like it uh, helen how can men also play a role in in your organization
0: that's a great question. Um, and we haven't defined that yet and what that might um, look like. We've added language about non-binary individuals. What I do know is this. I feel like one of the reasons we've had so much interest, and this has been articulated to me by by lots of, lots of different members, is that they feel it's a safe space. Okay. So one of the things we do is give our members opportunities to speak, for example, and present and, and do webinars and things like that. And... I think talking to and and being a part of supportive community of women is of of great value um, to our members. I I also, candidly, I I try to call and talk to many of our members, and I would say probably at least 50% of them, out um, conversations with stories that they've had, <laughs> challenges they faced in the workplace, either, especially when you're talking about technology, venture capital, so many of these women are are in rooms of where they're the only woman, and they're having to present, or they haven't, and, you know, it's not, not always necessarily bad, but it, it can be intimidating and difficult. So I think that's one of our advantages. So I would imagine our membership will remain Women focus, but we have a lot of um, men who support us and share our LinkedIn posts and support our organization in different ways. So
1: I was just checking your your webpage, and you mentioned that studies show that women are disproportionately impacted by climate change. Why is that? What do you think is? That?
0: Yeah. Um. Well, already. So some of the major storms that the world. Um, fa- you know, has e- that we face or the extreme weather impacts are already occurring as a result of climate change. And so flooding, et cetera. And so the research out there shows um, that f- women and children are 14 times more likely to die from from these types of events than men. And 80% of the people displaced by climate change are women. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. So in some cultures, you know, like women are prevented from leaving before disaster strikes. Either they're caring for elderly or they're caring for small children and they can't go. And in some cultures, they're prevented from from leaving, or it's not their decision. They, they, you know, they, they either can't travel by themselves. They don't have a vehicle. Now, there's lots and lots of different reasons. But yeah, women are more at risk. But I think it's also important to say that women are also a big part of the solution. If you're close to the risk, then you're necessarily close to solutions. And so there's there's a huge amount of benefit to empowering women. And there's research to suggest now, Project Drawdown, for example, um, has some wonderful research to suggest that educating girls and empowering women, because of its trickle-down effect in society, because women are the caregivers, they they cook the meals, they utilize a lot of the energy use in, in homes around the world, that in and of itself reduces emissions. In other words, correlation there. And so we can't forget gender equality issues when we address climate change because gender equality is part of the solution.
1: I'm talking about gender equality. Do you think there is a gender gap in climate tech? Do you have numbers on women working on the sector?
0: Yes, I, you know, certainly, and I think it's, it depends on the field. I do know in the solar power industry, I think women make up about a quarter of the solar awesome. industry as a whole, which is obviously a lot higher yeah. than oil and gas, but but still we've got a long way to go. Women in climate tech, our, our moonshot is fifty percent representation in, at every table. So, I you know, and I do know though that uh, I think there was a Price Waterhouse Coopers uh, study last year on venture venture capital funding. For climate tech, and only about ten percent of funds go to women-owned businesses in the in the sector. Uh, so there is is need for greater representation. Is
1: there a way to connect with other women being a member from your organization, like like I don't know, finding jobs or creating new jobs? Yeah.
0: So um, members have access to our our Slack channel, for example. Our members will frequently post jobs in our Slack channel on our email. Our, our email, which you don't have to be a member to receive our email. We've, we we haven't actually started posting jobs yet, but we might soon. It's possible we might because we ha- have a lot of requests for it, but we definitely post um, grant application opportunities and incubator application and award deadlines and things like that to our membership just to make sure they're aware of these opportunities.
1: Great. Um, is that only based in the US, or are you looking like more countries or other continents?
0: We have members currently all over the world.
1: Great. What What would be your your plan for two thousand and twenty one?
0: So right now, um, we're all volunteer based. Our goal. We've got a steering committee of amazing women that have. We have the agenda to. To look at how we incorporate, for example, do we want to be a nonprofit or do we want to be a lobbying entity? So we have to make that decision. Hopefully, pick up some corporate sponsors. Figure out: do we want to charge members? Do we not want to charge members? You know what is the what is the model for this, and how do we sustain it? You know, ultimately, this has been such a successful run so far that we we could probably use staff. You know, if at least one full time person um, working on this. So. So I think that that's the goal to to try to build the organization and um, fund it. And I'd say, yeah, I, we want to get all of our ducks in a row by the end of this year. I think that would be a huge win. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not all of our ducks, but some of the big, some of the big ducks. Yeah,
1: but actually, that's a good model. I I've seen examples like my climate change journey. It's that's a great yeah. newsletter. I, I'm a big fan, by the way. And and he started charging. Members to be able to gain access to slack channel or insights with business people and venture capitalists. no
0: I've heard about them, and it would be great to do a joint joint event or something with them i, I if anyone listening to this podcast knows them put put us in touch <laughs>
1: yeah we all we, we we will also try to look for women in the oil and gas sector and try to be everyone Make them work together with you.
0: Yes, one of the goals that we have um for one of our upcoming events is a panel of women from the oil and gas industry or from you know from traditional energy industries talking about, along with perhaps some individuals who are creating courses and training materials, talking about retraining for these, you know, hundreds of thousands of new jobs that are being created. Um, How can we get people retrained and retrained fast? Especially in the
1: oil and gas sector, which is a big uh, sector highly impacted by climate change, oil prices, volatility, and all. Yep, absolutely. Well, Helen, could you give us a um, taking home message to try to conclude? I feel like I should do a
0: jingle or something like that. I used to be a singer many, (laughs) many, many many years ago. Many years ago. I I think maybe the takeaway is this, um, and I hope this can give some of your listeners, um, hope that, you know, I I did not have a background in climate change. I was not a climate scientist. Um, i went to nc state and started taking climate change courses i flew to a conference to learn about it i just knew i wanted to spend my life doing this work and so i came from a marketing background and i've used my skills to and 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 transitioned them to make myself useful in this sector and i think if that's true for me it can be true for absolutely anybody the desire is there that's the main thing is desire And curiosity and a willingness to learn. And I think we need all the good people we can get.
1: Yeah, that's right. And there is a space for women. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Thank you, Helen. It was a great conversation.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Take care. Take care. This episode was produced by Daniela
1: Weiss. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a like. It really is important for us.